What's going on, everybody? Dennis Farrell here. Uh, as you can tell, there's going to be a big, massive, gaping hole in our programming where there used to be something there, but it's not there anymore. So I'm going to do my best to fill it. Uh, I've got some one-on-one -on -one interviews set up coming down the line. Petey and I will still be doing the Wrestling Perspective podcast uh, this Monday night coming up, depending on when you listen to this podcast. We have Johnny Impact, Johnny Mundo, John Morrison, all of the above, recording an interview. It's going to be fun, excited right now. Impact Champion just got voted off of Survivor. I'm really excited for this interview. And I'm going to ask him some really kind of deep questions. Maybe you've already heard it. I don't know. Uh, Bluechew.com. Uh, use the promo code WPP. It's going to get some time, uh, get take some time to get used to that, but promo code WPP. Listen, guys, I'm 41 now. I'm not a young buck. Uh, I watch a lot of football and a lot of wrestling, and I ain't getting off, off the couch. Every once in a while, my libido needs a kick in the butt, and I know you guys do too. Even if you're 20 and you want to pretend like, hey, I don't need anything. Trust me, you want to try it. Just try it. It's free. If you go to bluechew.com, use the promo code WPP. You're helping out the podcast. You get one free shipment of Blue Chew. You pay $5 shipping handling. It's got the same active ingredients as uh, Viagra and Cialis. It's a chewable, so it works twice as fast. Look, I'll pop it. Chew it, get in the shower, come out, and boom, I'm ready to go. I mean, ready to go. So you want that. Look, let's say you've got a date with a girl that's slightly out of your league, and you want to put on the best performance possible, okay? It's your anniversary. Maybe you're a lady listening to this podcast, and you're like, you know, my uh, boyfriend, husband, uh, friend, I don't know, it isn't quite getting it done in the sack. Hey, Take one of these. Chew it. Tell him it's a vitamin. I don't care. It's not me. But he'll be ready to go in a few minutes. It is totally phenomenal. So go to bluechew.com. Uh, it's made in America, so it's cheaper. No doctor's visits. So that means no awkwardness. Okay? We're excited here at the Wrestling Perspective, PD and myself, that they're sticking around for a few more months. It helps keep the light on. And... When you guys go there, it, you know, bluechew.com, you go there, you fill out a little, you know, survey, you give them your five bucks, they'll send you a free shipment. And trust me, you will come back for more. It is, it's great because if you had a stressful day in young kids, I know this won't apply to you, but you know, look, work sucks. They don't call it fun. They call it work. And maybe your woman's ready to go. Maybe you kind of want to go, but you're like, eh, man, I don't know. Raw are Smackdown's on. Maybe I should watch that. You take a blue chew, it changes your mind. Trust me. So uh, do it. Do it. it. Look, you've spent way more money on way useless wrestling crap. Spend some money to support the show. By the way, we've got shirts coming in soon. We're excited about that. We're, we're growing here at the Wrestling Perspective. But, uh, yeah, BlueChew.com. Let's help keep our lights on. Put a little money in their pocket and make you look phenomenal in the sack. All right. So, 
let's talk NXT TakeOver War Games 2 for a minute, as well as we will talk about the Survivor Series. What an amazing weekend for the WWE. And admittedly, I am not a loyal NXT watcher. I am a pay-per-view takeover watcher. I'll keep up with some of the results in the news. But with Impact and Raw and SmackDown, pay-per-views once a month, New Japan, any other little promotion I can watch, I don't have time for NXT. So that's the one show that kind of goes along the wayside. I enjoy. I love the takeover pay-per-views. The secret, it's not fair to compare takeover to any WWE event. And here's why. TakeOver is protected. It's a small event with a handful of matches on a card. So you don't have to overextend. You're not trying to fill. You've got you know three hours of Raw. Two hours of SmackDown. And seven hours depending on the pay-per-view of pre-shows and whatnot. So you're protecting NXT by keeping it short and sweet. You can get away with a little bit more stuff that way. So you can't compare it to Survivor Series. Which, by the way, Survivor Series was phenomenal this year. I really enjoyed it. I want to kind of go through and skim. I'm not going to give you a blow-by-blow update on the... But I'll give you my opinions and thoughts on some of these matches. You you had Matt Riddle making his, his debut against Cassius Ono. It was a quick squash match meant to elevate Riddle and give him an explosive kind of feel. He he feels very, what's the word, oafish, uh, just aloof at times. And I think this got it done. It didn't do any favors for Cassius Ono. I, but, you know, ever since Mr. Hero went to NXT and became Cassius Ono, I'm, I'm not sure what his career path is except for, you know, he maybe he's happy doing the job that he's supposed to be doing down there. The women's NXT champion, Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane. Kyrie is adorable to me. I I love watching her wrestle. That elbow off the top rope is phenomenal. But she seems sweet and innocent, and I just want to put her in my pocket and and tap her head and just she is she's adorable. Baszler is just Pure badass. Excuse my language. This was a two out of three falls match. It came down to the last fall. You had some outside interference. Some things got jumbled up. Uh, This was a great match. A lot of people were kind of poo-pooing on it, but I thought this was a good match. I I was fairly entertained with it. And I felt like this match didn't get the respect it deserved online. Great match. Fun match. There was a spike DDT on the ring apron that looked brutal. Uh, you know, for me, this this could have been the sleeper match of, of the card. Uh, Alistair Black, Johnny Gargano, it's been an interesting storyline. Uh, you know, this was kind of NXT's Who Shot JR, which, you know, I, I you don't see a lot of this stuff anymore, and I love it. This reminds me a little bit of the old WCW Black Scorpion angle which gets poop on like amazingly. It is it's one of the worst angles people say every time, but I was 12 when it came out. I still look upon that with fond memories. And to me it, it's always going to be one of my favorite storylines. So I enjoy these kind of storylines. This was great. 
Gargano ends up attacking Aleister Black. He wants revenge. This was a great back and forth match. Some fun spots in it. Uh, some cat and mouse. I, I tell you, a lot of people said to them, this was the match of the night. And I don't blame them. I, but to me, it wasn't. Uh, it comes down to personal preference. I think this could have easily have been number two. Look, it was stiff. It was brutal. It was great. It was fun. Go watch this match. I got to tell you, uh, this is one of these matches that I would I would go back and watch again. It was so fun. The NXT Championship match. Uh, listen, Ciampa, Velveteen Dream. To me, right now, Velveteen Dream is one of these wrestlers where he gets the respect he deserves within the NXT community. But when you leave that little circle and you start hanging out with the people that wear the Bullet Club shirts, the Cody Rhodes fans, anybody that loves super kick parties and the elites. And listen, the Indies have been on fire. Velveteen Dream gets zero respect in that group. From a in-ring aspect, he's like 23 years old. He's still growing. He's got a lot to learn. But he's still great right now. From a showman point of view, he's got it down. I mean, he came every time. If you go and get a chance, Google Velveteen Dreams, you know, NXT TakeOver entrances. He does something different every time. He came out in Hollywood, you know, LA as a Hollywood Hogan. This was, I mean, he pulled it off. It looked great. Velveteen Dream to me, is quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers. I, I I, love watching this kid go. Just enjoy it. And if you've not, look him up. Watch it. Uh, you know, 23 years old. He's phenomenal. He, like I said, uh, he he mocked the, the Hill Hogan when he came out. He had the swagger down. There were so many high spots. You can't even list them. False finishes galore. Teases. Uh, I thought I thought he was finally Velveteen was finally going to leave this match with the gold, but he didn't. Unfortunately, uh, amazing. There were Death Valley drivers, I, DDTs onto a belt, flying elbows galore. Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my! This to me was the match of the night as well as it should have been for the NXT Championship. And by the way, when did NXT start having a champion for every single thing? Let's back this up, get rid of a couple of these belts. I kind of like that small fill, and now you have a North American champion, a European champion, an NXT champion. You know, then you're going to have a, you know, a backroom champion. I don't know. I'm not even going to try to make jokes, but it, it feels like that. So let's move on to the War Games match itself. This is... A lot of people go back and forth online. I am a purist when it comes to War Games. I remember the War Games, the WCW version. If you've listened to any of the Wrestling Perspective or the podcast that will no longer be talked about right now, I've talked numerous times about my love for WCW. and War Games falls in that. The 2018 version of War Games, which a lot of people hate, I like. As a purist, purist, I still like it. I get that there's no roof on the cage, but you have to evolve over time. And something that you you 
you'll blow the dust off and you bring it out after 20 some odd years, you know, locked in a, a closet somewhere. I think they did a great job with the only thing I wasn't a fan of is the shark cages. Uh, maybe a little tacky. I, I like that there used to be back in the day, two entrances and they would go in from different entrances into their you know respected sides when it was their, their turn to enter the cage. So the that might be my only complaint and even at best that's ticky tacky now you have the undisputed error versus pete dunn ricochet and the war raiders and whatever you expect or thought was going to happen in this match did i mean it it did you had your ricochet spots which were phenomenal you had your big war raider spots which were great Kyle O'Reilly was amazing in this match. Uh, I think, and by the way, Undisputed Era loses this. I think this should have been their match. They won it last year. They should have won it this year. That should have been their signature match. I really would have enjoyed having them go undefeated for a few years and basically have it be their match. Look, the 2018 version was great. It, It had the old original formula back in the 80s. You know, you had the hills kind of always up in the advantage, always two to one, uh, three to two, four to you know, three. At the end, you saw a spot where uh, I believe it was fish, maybe. I don't remember now, so please don't crucify me. Locks Pete Dunn in his cage with the original key, throws it out into the crowd, which I thought was kind of cool. Goes in, giving the undisputed error. I believe the five to four advantage Dunn couldn't go in. They end up getting the the key or you know bolt cutters, bolt cut him out. He goes in, and the match starts. Phenomenal. You had Ricochet do it seemed like I don't know like a four fifty times three off the top of the cage. You you had spears through tables. It was just this was. Holy hell carnage. There were a few tacky spots in this match for me. I don't know if you watched it, but the spot where they were all going to catch Ricochet off the top of the cage, it seemed like for a good nine seconds, they were all just standing there hugging each other, waiting. You had a face-off in the middle of the two rings. If if you're not familiar with war games, there are two rings side-by-side and a big cage is around them. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you know this by now. And you had the good guys on one side, the bad guys on the other doing a classic face-off towards the end of the match. Now, I thought the face-off was kind of cool. It should have been a little bit more in earlier in the match. It would have made more sense, but it just felt weird that they all collect and you know get their wits together and do a face-off after they've already abused each other through this whole match. I just thought it was bad placement. Outside of that, I thought it was good. Could have been better. Uh, you know, I would probably have given this a C if I was grading this. But it was it was a fun match, if that's what you're looking for, out of a NXT War Games pay-per-view. By the way, forgive me, because this is the first time I've really tried to do a podcast by myself. I'm usually used to having somebody throw it to and bounce back and forth. I don't have this here. So I'm I'm doing my best to uh, give you some content. Uh, we've got some cool things down the pipeline before we get over here to Survivor Series, like I said. 
We we have Eli Drake coming up in the future. I'm excited about that. John Morrison. We had a bunch of other guys. Uh, some of them uh, decided to cancel uh, due to uh, what's going on, I guess you could say, which is kind of unfortunate for us. Uh, we've got a lot of work to do to uh, eliminate some stink off of us, but it, it's going to take time. And I thank you once again for everybody hanging out with us. And let's talk about Survivor Series, which WWE is notorious for not always putting on the best pay-per-views. I Survivor Series has always been one of my favorites. Growing up as a kid and, you know, Thanksgiving night on a Thursday, you watch afternoon. Back in the day, kids, you know, football wasn't on all day. There was one, maybe two, I believe, football matches. Uh, football matches, I sound like an old man. It was always the Lions and somebody else, and then the Cowboys and Redskins growing up, which it, that matchup is back, very unpolitically correct, you know, Indians versus the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, but so be it. Survivor Series was always my favorite because it came on in the middle of the week, and I loved it, as I said at the top of this podcast. So I made time to make sure I watched this live. I Well... I didn't watch the pre-show match. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I skipped the the tag team match, which, by the way, SmackDown won it. The only thing SmackDown won, and yet the announcers kind of no-sold it. Raw went on to dominate this pay-per-view. SmackDown didn't win a single match, and I liked it. it here's why. If you were to, truly to look up and down this roster before this pay-per-view... Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan. Brock Lesnar's going to win, right? In all of our predictions, you're unless you want to be that guy that wants to be like I'm going against the grain so when it happens I can I'm smarter than you guys. Brock Lesnar's going to win that, right? Uh, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, you're not going to I mean, I guess you can say, you know, conventional thinking would tell you Ronda Rousey's not going to lose to Charlotte on a pay-per-view like this, but we've seen you know, Charlotte lose and Oscar lose at at the worst time. So I guess maybe you can make a case, but conventional wrestling theory would tell you this was Ronda's match. I mean, Raw team, Ziggler, McIntyre, Strowman, Balor, uh, Bobby Lashley, Baron Cor- with Baron Corbin and Lito Rush. Uh, they went on to defeat, of course, Miz, Shane McMahon, Brie Mysterio, Samaro Joe. And Matt Hardy. Well, yeah, the Raw team is better. Uh, you know, um, Ali versus Buddy Buddy Murphy. That's a I, uh, 205 match. Doesn't have any bearing on the standings, which would have been interesting if they figured it out. Maybe one of the only matches I could, I could see is if you said the Bar versus AOP. I could maybe make a case for the Bar beating AOP, but at best, maybe. So, no, I, I, you know, once again, I would probably give it to AOP as much as I would love to give it to the bar. And by the way, the we'll talk more about that one here in a second. I, I was not a fan of the ending. Seth Rollins versus Nakamura. Really? Come on, Rollins was going to win this unless you thought there was going to be a Dean Ambrose running, which I was kind of shocked there wasn't. Uh, Nia... Mickey James about the women's match. I didn't watch that, but once again, 
uh, Naomi, uh, Carmella isn't really uh, with Mandy Rose. I mean, you have two. I don't want to say. What is the political way to say this? Once again, the Raw team is just bigger, badder, and more sellable into this world that the WWE has painted us in as a tough world. So yeah, once again, Raw team was better. So why wouldn't Raw sweep them? A lot of people are upset about that. I th- I thought you looked down that roster, it only made sense that Raw won it this year. That Raw just in every match had a better roster. Let's kind of go back. I, and I'm going to skip the tag team. I'm going to skip the women's match because I didn't see either one of them. Seth Rollins Nakamura was a great match. It went 20 minutes. I thought this could have been one of the better matches on the card. You know, I know Nakamura has been getting a raw deal, and he looked good in this match. Uh, Rollins uh, bested him, of course. Nothing more to say. AOP versus the bar. Now, <sighs> you're, you're going to tell me that the bar is one of the best tag teams around. They're professionals. They're champions. They know how to get it done. They know how to win matches. This was a big-time match, pay-per-view match, but they're going to take a timeout in the middle of the match to see Drake Maverick pee his pants? Really? I thought that was a lame ending. I Maybe the pee the pants spot would have been cool or funny somewhere else. It did not work. It went over like... I don't have a great analogy there, but it was not good at all. I, I watched it. I was disappointed in it. I really thought that was the lamest way that you can have the bar lose that match. Like, so now if my manager pees myself, I'm going to distract the whole team and we can still win in the whole team, by the way. I mean, <laughs> Sheamus, Cesaro, Big Show, all standing there watching him pee his pants like they've never seen this before. I thought it was the lamest way to end this match. It was a great match, too. It was a fun match. And all flushed down the toilet. Like, you flushed it. You took everything and flushed it over a stupid spot where you peed the pants and the AOP won it. And, by the way, AOP's walking up the aisle with a guy who just pissed their pants. Now, these guys are supposed to be two of the baddest SOBs in wrestling right now, and you're telling me that they didn't just look at him and beat him into the ground because now they're represented by a guy who pisses their pants? It's stupid. Come on, WWE. They didn't even laugh at him. They just like said, oh, that, that, that's our guy. We're going to keep moving on. I I did not... Oh, gosh. I, I, I really... Really, that's that's how you're going to get me to believe that this match ended. In. Now, I'm not sure if it was somewhere in this tag team match or during the Buddy, Mur- Buddy Murphy-Mustafa Ali match, but Enzo Amore, I don't want to bring him up. Enzo Amore decides, now, this isn't a storyline. He's not part of the WWE. He did this on his own. He bought a ticket, wore a disguise, Set second row ringside hard camera. And somewhere in between or during one, I believe it's a tag team match, he decides to stand up on his chair, throw off his disguise, 
and start doing this, you know, bada boom, bada bing, realest guy in the world. You can Google or YouTube or our Twitter search the video and you can see it. This is not put on by the WWE. This was not a stunt. Uh, you know, just days after he gets kicked off a plane for vaping, now he shows up and does this, which I really... I don't know if this is a cry for help or just like, look at me, but here's a guy that has, and I was kind of impressed because sure, he's a dumbass and excuse my language. He's, he's, he's a dumbass. I said it. I'll say it again. Sure. But here's a guy that went out and tried to make his way in different industries. He wanted to be a comedian. I didn't think it'd work, but at least he tried, right? He wanted to be a rapper. I don't know if he's good, but he did it. So he was going out and doing something that he wanted to do outside of wrestling. Publicly saying he was done with wrestling. I thought this was great. Here's a guy that leaves an industry, maybe not the way he wanted to, not even close. But he leaves and he he started his own path, doing it his way. You may not like him. But you got to respect what he was doing up to that point. And then the vaping thing happened. You go, okay, you know what? You know, I don't understand this generation of kids. But whatever. And then this happens. And this is a cry for help. To me, this says, everything I tried to sell you on up to this point about how I don't want to be a part of wrestling. I'm, I'm going to evolve out of it. And I can survive without it. Screams liar to me. When you show up at a WWE event and and just try to do something stupid like that, and it was stupid, and then he releases a diss track, that's what the kids are saying, diss track, uh, for his ex-girlfriend, Liv Morgan. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm going to say there's probably a 98% chance I'm not going to listen to it because I have better things to do. I'd rather wait in line at DMV. I'd rather have to change a tire in snowy, cold, wet weather, uh, dinner with the in-laws. I can keep going and going and going of things I'd rather do than listen to an Enzo Amore diss track. Doesn't mean I respect him for at least going out and doing it. But when he goes out and does this, this this screams, I'm a fraud written all over it. Right? Because I don't know what he hoped to accomplish. Maybe to get WWE to notice him. I don't know. I, I maybe one day when you know the things hovering around the show are not so fresh, I'll tell a funny story about that with somebody else that was involved in this podcast who will wasn't. But I I I don't know, Enzo. I don't know what you were trying to cop. Maybe it worked. Maybe I'm sitting here talking about it. The internet was a buzz talking about it. Maybe you accomplished whatever you were trying to. You had, you know, now all the wrestling fans are talking about you again. You just released a new CD. Everybody's going to be talking about this. Maybe you're the genius and I'm not. You know, I don't know how many more CDs or tapes or digital downloads this is going to get you. But into, uh, you know, now that I kind of think about this, it's kind of genius. Sure, you've been barred. From every WWE event now. And if you show up you're going to be arrested. That's in the news. And it has been reported and it is true. 
But, you know, if, if sure, you probably saw that bridge between you and the WWE, and you're like, not only am I going to light this bridge on fire, I'm going to put all the TNT on it. I'm going to explode it. I'm going to destroy it. If I see any bit of the bridge still there, I'm going to just kind of kick it away. I am going to totally dismantle this bridge. So if you have zero intention, maybe you do have zero intention of going back. And this was, you know what? About six minutes ago when I started this discussion with myself, I was all hell-bent on Enzo and Mori as an idiot. Now here we are, six, seven minutes later, and I'm like, maybe he's a genius. I, I would like to know what kind of bump he got from this. So anyways, uh, Buddy Murphy, <laughs> getting back to the uh, Survivor Series pay-per-view, Buddy Murphy goes over Mustafa Ali for the Cruiserweight Champion. That's about a 12-minute match. Here's where I did not enjoy the booking of the Survivor Series, and it was the traditional men Survivor Series elimination match. Raw had the better team. Ziggler, McIntyre, Strowman, Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley versus The Miz. Great performer. Shane McMahon, agent agent general manager who doesn't get in the ring often. Ray Mysterio, great performer, but compared to McIntyre and Strowman, he's the little guy. Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy on, on the SmackDown side. You knew there was going to be some infighting. I was shocked it didn't happen from the SmackDown side, although Miz a couple times threw Shane McMahon uh, under the bus and and had him take a few nasty hits. I don't know what the backlash going into SmackDown for that's going to be. But several times, Team Raw you know, imploded, going after each other, cheap shots. I, I was confused, and I get that. I get that if you're going to have Team Raw implode, Team SmackDown should have gotten a win. But Team Raw imploded so badly at times. It was ridiculous. And the fact that it was like three, three on one, I believe, at the end, it, it was a head scratcher for me. I, I think it should have been a lot closer. Or if you were to have the Raw implosion, you probably should have had Team SmackDown win this match or no implosion at all. Or an implosion at the end. I don't know how to do it. But I didn't think the implosion fit the way the match ended. If that makes any sense. Going back and looking through. But, you know, you'll go and watch the Raw recaps. Because this is the first time I'm doing this. So you're not used to me trying to do... Hell, I'm not used to me trying to do this. But I'm trying to entertain you. Uh, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair. Phenomenal. This was better than I could have ever expected. And I didn't expect much, honestly, out of this match. I thought Rousey was, there was no way Rousey was going to lose this match. You know, Flair steps in for Becky. Great touching moment. Uh, Somewhere in the middle of this match, Ronda gets busted open in the mouth, I believe it is. Some pretty heavy bleeding from the mouth. It looked really cool in this match. Charlotte snaps. Towards the middle of the end of this match, Charlotte snaps, grabs a kendo stick, and destroys it on Ronda Rousey's back. I mean, she just beat her to a pulp, and it looked awesome. Then she takes another kendo stick and beats her to a pulp. It looked awesome. Then there was a chair and another cheap shot. Then she leaves ring, and then she comes back. 
Charlotte Flair went full heel on Ronda Rousey. I don't know what kind of impact this is going to have with her and Becky. My speculation is this is the start of the Four Horsewomen. You have Flair playing the classic Ric Flair role. You can have Becky being the classic Arn Anderson role. But whatever I saw tonight in Charlotte is a heel turn. And it was an amazing heel turn. I mean, she beat Ronda into a pulp, and it worked. It looked good. It was viable. But once again, the fans, why the hell? Listen, I like Ronda. I think Ronda's phenomenal. She has grown a ton since her debut, and she keeps getting better, entertaining. But the crowd's like chanting, hey, 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 goodbye to Ronda Rousey after she just took this butt-kicking. Why would you do that? Why are you trying to get her to leave wrestling and go back to MMA? She's one of the best things you have going on the card. And she's not even getting the full Brock Lesnar treatment because she is the equivalent to Brock Lesnar because there's nobody on that Raw roster that I can believe would take her. Maybe Nia. Maybe Nia Jax. But the crowd was ridiculous here. And by the way, the Nia Jax getting booed was amazing. Nia... And, and WWE, please, Nia is the, Nia is the uh, female version of Big Show. Face, heel, face, heel, face, heel. So WWE is going to screw this up, of course. But back to Ronda Rousey, the crowd missed the boat on this one. And I, I'm ashamed to say that to you guys. Whoever, if you're listening, you were in the crowd and you were chanting, hey, goodbye, you missed the boat. She put on a phenomenal match. She took a phenomenal beating. And that's how you're going to treat her? She's not a bad champion at all. Enough said on that one. And finally, to wrap this up, and then I'll do a little bit of promoting, Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryant. This could have been some of the best storytelling in a match I've seen in a long time from WWE. Anytime Daniel Bryant gets in the ring, I worry. I worry about his concussion and his health. Maybe that's just the old man and me coming out. Maybe I'm a softie. Maybe I just don't want to see him get hurt, but I worry. And the way the first half of this match went with Brock Lesnar manhandling, I thought many times, like, there's a concussion, there's a concussion, there's a concussion. Daniel Bryant comes back with a low blow. Can we stop WWE, by the way, with the low blows? Uh, at least keep it with Nakamura. I'm tired now of two guys doing the same thing on the same show. The low blow is starting to get overdone. Daniel Bryant turned it around. He put it on Brock Lesnar after that low blow. It was an 18-minute match. Brock Lesnar looked phenomenal. I don't care what you say about Brock Lesnar. You can bitch and complain that he doesn't show up to TV every week. I get it. I, I don't agree with that. That's that's something maybe we can talk about here in a little bit. You can say he doesn't put on a great match. Up until today, I would say, ah, I kind of agree with you. But he had an amazing match tonight. This was probably top three best Brock Lesnar matches of his career. It looked good. It was great. It had amazing flow. You believe Daniel Bryant came back. Brock Lesnar sold his boots off in this match. It was one of Brock Lesnar's best performances. It was one of Daniel Bryant's best. I enjoyed it. Well, I wouldn't put it in top five of Daniel Bryant's. Daniel Bryant 
I mean, even if you go back to the Danielson years, he's putting on phenomenal, amazing matches. So maybe, maybe I wouldn't say this was one of Dan, but this is probably since coming back, one of his best matches. The crowd was into it. These guys told a story. I cared. I was worried about Daniel Bryan. You saw the full heel turn in his character coming out, doing two or three hops for the yes, and just not doing it anymore. I like that a lot. I like when there's visible changes in a wrestler's character to really say, say I'm a heel or a face as he's turning. You know, Daniel Bryan, you know, mocked and teased and taunted Brock Lesnar at the beginning of this match. This this match, I'd say, right behind the Ronda Rousey beatdown, the second most emotionally invested match on the card. The last two matches to close out the show really saved and made that pay per view good. Although it wasn't bad, it was a good ish pay per view. Probably one of the best Survivor Series in a long time, but these two matches really solidified it. Ended the show on a high note. Kudos to Lesnar. And back to this Lesnar not showing up. Not showing up every week. I'm okay with that. I like that feel of a champion that doesn't show up every week. I want it to be special. And we've heard it and it's been shoved down our throats. Uh, could Lesnar be on it a little bit more? Sure. I would be okay if I saw Heyman a little bit more delivering a message in his space to offset the times we don't see Brock. I'll be sad when Brock is gone, honestly. When Brock leaves, you're going to miss him. I know you're sitting there going, oh, no, I'm not. What the hell are you talking about, Dennis? But when Brock goes, he's one of the last... Of, of the Attitude Era. Sure, you still have Randy Orton on SmackDown. But he's one of the last. Uh, Mickey James doesn't really count. I guess she kind of does. But I don't know, guys. I think you're going to miss him. He's the Attitude Era, which a lot of us older people look back on fondly. Which maybe won't hold up in today's wrestling. He's one of the last links. And when he's gone... He's gone. I didn't really think that out too well, as you can tell. But you get the drift of it. So there we go. I tried with my Survivor Series and NXT. Hopefully you like it. If you enjoyed this, even if you didn't, and you're listening because you're loyal to PDI on the wrestling perspective, thank you. I appreciate it. I do my best work when I have someone to, somebody to throw things off of and this is kind of spur of the moment. I had a couple people lined up that I wanted to do this with, and they couldn't really do it, but I still wanted to try. It, it, like I said, things are a bit wonky right now in the world of wrestling perspective, but I appreciate everybody sticking by us and hanging out, and uh, we've got some good interviews coming up. We're going to do some one-on-one stuff where maybe PD won't be involved, but it'll be me and somebody else sitting down. I'm going to try to reach out to some of our favorite uh, beat writers, beat writers like in sports, but some of our favorite writers, uh, personalities in the wrestling world who report on it and just kind of talk to them about their journey and stuff like that. I'm going to try to do the same thing with wrestlers as they come in and out. So we're going to try to do a one-on-one thing. I'm going to try to do, at least on major pay-per-view, some of these. Hopefully it works out. Uh, But I just want to say... Thank you once again. Go over to BlueChew.com. That is kind of the lifeline to the podcast. It's $5, guys. 
I know you have $5 in your car or in your couch. That's so cliche, but you might have it there. A jacket, your pants, you might want to check it before your kids get to it. But that's the lifeline. And uh, look, if you like fooling around in bed and you sometimes go, wow, that wasn't my best performance. Maybe uh, maybe uh, you don't want to be the equivalent of a Brock Lesnar squash match in your bed. So take the blue truth. Try it out. It helps us a ton, honestly, and it will help you a lot. You can take uh, from being a curtain jerker in the opening match to being a made eventer. Did I really sell it there? I don't know. But uh, go to BlueChew.com. Use the promo code WPP. You use that promo code. You get your first order for free. You then only pay $5 shipping and handling, and everybody wins. And even if you don't need it, order it. Give it to a friend. Keep it. Put it in a drawer. But, you know, look, you have enough. You have enough Young Bucks merch. You have enough Cody Rhodes merch. Eh, why don't you you share the wealth with us? Plus, we're going to get some shirts, so you may want to work some overtime. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Dennis77Farrell, WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. You can go over there and subscribe right now to the Wrestling Perspective. You'll get this, whatever this thing was, but you'll get it. And you'll get uh, me and Petey Williams. Petey's not just a wrestler at Impact anymore. He's also a booker, a producer, a writer, an agent. So he gives you that inside view. We try to break as much news as possible. Like I said, we have Johnny Morrison coming up this week. I'm excited about that. So stay tuned. Hang out. Thank you guys so much. Have a great Monday.